Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to episode two of Geeking In, uh, in a world even more wrought with pandemics and social distancing and social isolation, it becomes even more of a need for us to geek in rather than geek out. So here to talk to you again about all the stuff going on, uh, I am joined by our very own Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards himself. B, how are you doing today? Salutations, I'm feeling good. And our futurist, our Tony Stark, the Iron Two-Hour Man, T, how are you doing? <laughs> Greetings, hello. I'm, I'm a little down today, I'll be honest, but I'm well excited to be on this podcast. Oh, that's a, that's a sadness that you're, you're down today. Let's see what we can talk about to, to cheer you up. Um, so I thought we'd start with some news. I thought we'd start with uh, some of the best damn news that uh, I could find on the internet for us to talk, to, uh, talk about. Um, and the first story that grabbed my eye was um, Ryan Unicum, uh, it's Ryan Unicum on Instagram, uh, is doing a documentary on the uh, George Miller film, Justice League Mortal, the George Miller film that didn't uh, count. Um, so he was sharing images uh, based upon uh, the, the film um, and showed images of what Batman, Superman, The Flash, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter and Green Lantern would look like. Uh, as well as earlier on showing an image of what Army Hammer's cowl as Batman would have looked like. This was the Justice League film that was due to come out uh, after the Christian Bale, uh, Kevin no uh, Nolan, um, Chris Nolan uh, Batman films, but obviously got canned as uh, DC decided to focus on uh, individual films rather than jump straight back in and didn't want too many Batmans at any one time. Uh, I shared this with uh, the gang earlier. T, what did you think of the images from Justice League Mortal? It's interesting. It's really interesting when you think about these films that almost happened. Uh, and this one is sort of one of the most secretly far along developed ones, I think. Yeah. You know, we, we've been hearing about it for years, the concept, the cast, um, so some of the ideas behind it, but actually the stuff coming out is re is really detailed. It's really far along. So firstly, I'm impressed they've kept so much of it under wraps. Mm. Um, and I feel a little bit now what I felt back then, which is, oh my God, this is potentially Justice League done right. Because um, back then I never thought we'd ever have a Justice League film at all. We never thought there'd be an Avengers film. We never thought anything you know, so, so big could even exist. So it was pretty mind-blowing back then. Now in our kind of uh, you know, post-Endgame world and uh, post-Justice League world, still I want to see it because it looks great and it kind of feel like it felt like Justice League done right. I mean, Justice League done right is um, optimistic, I think, because uh, to try and get that many characters in one film, in essence, cold, um, could have been an ask. Uh, but it would have been very, very interesting to see. B, what did you think? Yeah, I, the costumes looked amazing. Um, quite impressed with, obviously, um, Green Lantern, because obviously he didn't feature in, in uh, the last Justice League movie. Um, yeah, it definitely looks interesting. Um, not so sure about the Batman 
Crowell. Um, looks a bit pointy to me, but hey ho, that's just me. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. I've never been sure about a Batman cowl until it's been on screen. Every <laughs> single Batman cowl looks off because it somehow doesn't match my the cowl in my head. Uh, the ears look really, really pointy. <laughs> I must say, they look sharp. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he might cut himself putting it on. <laughs> it's like um, yeah. I mean, it looks a little bit more like kind of a long Halloweeny kind of mm-hmm. interpretation. Very, very long and pointy and and cartoony compared to what we've seen more and more in in the more recent iterations of batman of the the very kind of shorter um more tactical uh, uh, uh bat is bat is is that the technical term mm. i mean yeah so we've had sort of more i guess slightly more grounded interpretations but then you suppose you think about what what are they is even about right if it's just striking fear and you want to look like you know, this kind of demonic yeah, exactly. figure uh, have, have the long Halloween cow. Yeah, just to go back to your thing about, you know, introducing so many characters in one film, I think this is the difference between, you know, where Marvel and DC were back in, what was it, sort of 2000, 2007, 2008? Yeah, um, you 2007, know, yeah. The, the DC characters, this is, you know, just, just in the kind of uh, general sort of sphere, public eye, you know, everyone knew Wonder Woman. They roughly knew Batman's back. Well, actually, they they all knew Batman's backstory, yeah. and backstory, and some rough concepts of kind of a Flash and a Green Lantern and those guys. And you didn't need all of that kind of build up each time. Whereas, you know, no one really knew an Iron Man. No one could tell their, you know, uh, Captain America from the Doctor Strange before the MCU sort of brought them to front and center. And, and I mean, to the point where they redefined the characters. And all Iron Man comics are basically RDJ's portrayal. Um, Absolutely. DC had such kind of powerful, iconic characters, you know, since, what is it, 1938, was it, or was it Superman? 39 was, mm-hmm. was Batman. Um, but I feel like you, you didn't have to reintroduce them. You could just sort of say, right, here's Batman. He's a bit broody. He wears, he dresses like a bat and doesn't have superpowers. That's enough to go on. If we so think I do a little... Think- yeah, I mean, I, I do think that we never have to re-see the Batman origin in our lifetime. I, mm. I do think that, you know, the what what's what's seen as the the Batman origin, the the Tim Burton esque pearls dropping, um, you know, we've seen that enough. I, I I think that especially in the world of um, social media and YouTube, I think that you can quite easily leave that alone, reference it very very passingly and briefly, and move on. And I'd probably say the same about Spider Man as well. Um, mm. Uh, so I, I, I completely agree with that point. I think the, the thing for me is looking at, you know, this image, um, it's things like Aquaman is looks as if he's got the harpoon hand. Yeah. Which is quite a run into Aquaman. Um, so, you know, that's Arthur Curry losing his son to the Black Manta. That's Arthur mm. Curry who are having to sacrifice so much. So to, to meet the character at this point, I feel is quite interesting. And, and I think that, you know, that there's a whole load of there that probably could, um, I don't know. Be, but then again, I, I, I'm saying that knowing that at this point, I was one of the very, very many who was thinking whoever would be interested in an Aquaman film. Um, See, I learned about those guys kind of backwards. 
So I was reading the Grant Morrison JLA comics yeah. as one of my early introductions to people like Aquaman, uh, Green Lantern. So Kyle Rayner was my, what was weirdly my Green Lantern. Wally West yep. was absolutely my, my Flash. Wow. And it was then going back and learning their backstories uh, and, you know, the legacy and all of that stuff afterwards. Um, so at that point to me, sort of Morrison's JLA were just interesting characters that had yeah. this kind of behind them and they were all I mean he wrote them as gods right there were this you know Greek pantheon of gods and these seven yep. epic characters would come together and that's what the the film felt like you know this is epic this is huge these seven being in a room together is huge no matter what else is going on around them and very interestingly uh, you know the, the the green lantern that was going to be portrayed in this film was um John Stewart mm-hmm. uh who uh, was cast as uh, the rapper Common was going to, mm-hmm. to play John Stewart, which I think is brilliant. Um, and it's really interesting because there's a conversation every time that Green Lantern is brought up about who people's Green Lantern is, uh, because we've seen in the films and uh, th- there seems to be this interest of doing the Hal Jordan Green Lantern. But the majority of fans found Green Lantern Just, through yeah. things like the Justice League cartoon and the Justice League Unlimited cartoon which means Mm -hmm. their Green Lantern was Jon Stewart. Mm -hmm. Um, So really interesting that that was the choice that they made, and yet it's Barry Allen. Although Wally West was going to be in there, Anton Yelchin from Star Trek, amongst other things, was uh, scheduled to play Wally West. First question is, who'd be hosting The Daily Show while he was fighting crime? (laughs) (laughs) Um... Chef Noah, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really, really interesting image and cast. I think it's a, a, a really interesting um, thing to look at continually uh, as more and more comes out about this. Uh, and I, for one, cannot wait for the um, film that uh, Unicom's trying to produce currently uh, called Miller's Justice League Mortal. Um, I was a huge fan of... Um, the Death of Superman Lives, um, mm. which tracked the Kevin Smith version, uh, amongst others, of um, uh, Superman Lives, including mm. um, seeing pictures of Nicolas Cage in the outfit. Uh, so I think that's going to be really interesting to kind of watch this continue to go through. And uh, he is definitely someone to follow on Instagram uh, because... Um, uh, he's putting up some really interesting pictures. And whilst you're on Instagram following him, uh, throw us a, a follow as well. Um, Geeking in pod uh, is now available on Twitter and Instagram. So throw us a follow and uh, see what we get up to. So very uh, smoothly is, done. <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. I thought that was slick. Um <laughs> You know, uh, just thinking about um, you know having John Stewart as the Green Lantern, and, and you know I think there's a reason the cartoons chose those characters. I just think they're more interesting. You know Hal Barry. I mean, they're, they're sort of quite similar to your Clark and Bruce. You know, they're sort of. Um, I mean, Clark and Bruce. I think they're of a time. They're of a time, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that's something that we'll come back to in a later conversation. But I think they were very much of a time and they were interesting ones you know so you know um hal and oliver queen going out and doing the hard traveling heroes oh yeah you know was was quite was quite a good turn for them but they are very silver age in Mm -hmm. in you know their their morals and their background and Mm -hmm. everything else and even with some of the retconning um 
you know they're they're in, they're more interesting with the benefit of retcon than they were originally. Absolutely, uh, very much of a time. Yeah. Speaking of on a time, uh, today is the day that the birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Um, that's the only time I'm going to use its full title. Um, <laughs> it's released on video on demand at streaming and uh, um, worldwide. Um, so this is uh, quickly out of cinema and onto VOD, as we discussed last week. Um, but following rumours that Warner Brothers were going to do the same with Wonder Woman, it was announced today, Wonder Woman 1984, it's been announced today that they've pushed back the theatrical release from June the 5th to August the 14th. They said in a statement, we greenlit Wonder Woman 1984. Um, when we greenlit up Wonder Woman 1984, it was with every intention of being viewed on the big screen we are excited to announce that Warner Brothers Pictures will bringing the film to theatres on August 15th, uh, 14th. We hope the world will be in a safer and healthier place by then. Absolutely. B, I know you were heartbroken when it got pushed back by a year last year. Um, Absolutely. It's been pushed back again. How are you feeling? Are we ever going to go see Wonder Woman in the cinema? I, I really hope so. I, I really hope so because I, I'm so looking forward to to it the traders have been amazing um i think the storyline will be amazing the music is amazing and it was just going to be so fantastic to watch it in such a big screen be immersed in that you know couple of hours of pure entertainment what can go wrong I mean, hopefully this pandemic would have been <laughs> over. We'll be completely out of isolation. Yeah, I remember speaking to you after <laughs> Justice League and after um, Star Wars Episode Nine. So I'm very aware <laughs> of, of what can go wrong when you go into a film with, with super high hopes. Well, yeah, there is that. But, <laughs> but you know, this time will be different. <laughs> I hope so. T, how are you feeling about Wonder Woman 1984? I am excited for Wonder Woman to come back. I thought the first one was amazing. I mean, the, uh, admittedly, the end was pretty dull. I think I actually fell asleep at the end of it. But that's possibly... You're after- joking. No way. Well, you know, I got to that point where it was, okay, right, here's another boss fight. I know what's going to happen. Um, and I think it was pro- quite soon after one of my kids was both pretty exhausted anyway. Um, so, and I was quite confident. Oh, yeah. Blame, blame the postpartum stuff, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, but that's it. And then the next time she popped up in Justice League, and although they tried to position her as a bit of a sort of central hero leader character, you know, most of the shots of her were upskirt and of her bum, and it was like, oh, hang on, you've just built this character. What the hell are you doing? So I kind of want her just to come back and be this real hero central character that she deserves to be. I think, you know, Gal Gadot is really kind of portraying this fantastic character, this kind of legendary character, uh, this iconic character. And that's why I wanted to be on, be the strong, you know, um, um, uh, person for us to look, look forward to, to look up to rather. I mean, the trailers have been super hyped. Um, I think the costumes look amazing. I love how she, uh, well, hopefully there's, there's no spoilers here. But how you know the second trailer with with the lightning? Mm, yep. That was super cool. Interesting. Super interesting. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how they do Kirsten Wig as as Cheetah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. You know, it's obviously the one that's been kept super under wraps for very good reason. Um, uh, I, I, it should be really good. I, I I don't know how I feel about Steve Trevor coming back. 
I'm I'm reserving judgment um, until I see the story and how it makes sense that he comes back 40 years later, 80 years later, 60 years later, something mm-hmm. like that. I can't do maths. Um, <laughs> World War One to 1984. Yeah. Anyway, 70 years later. Um, uh, so I, I, I reserve judgment on that. Um, but it does look an amazing film. I, I am worried that they are going to kind of keep pushing this and pushing this and pushing this back. Um, I can see why they don't want to release it on VOD as as the, in the first instance. Um, well, we've waited a year. Um, you know, what's a few extra months going to hopefully? And, you know, it gives us something to look forward to. You know, the I agree. Year- the year was a year of cinema time where someone else could have made the exact same film. And, and, and it happens, right? Someone else releases that story or that twist and you lose the impact you're going to have in your story. Mm. This, these few months are not a few months of cinema time. You know, no other films are really going to come out in that time and steal that glory. I think that's okay. Um, and, it, and it looks fun. I mean, the first one was, was it World War I? It was a serious-ish film. This just looks like a laugh, and it, and as you say, it's something to look forward to, and it looks like something fun to look forward to. I I think it'd be good to see. I I I I'm I am sure that we will have a, a geeking in uh, road trip to to watch this at some mm-hmm. point, um, and we will bring the our, our thoughts on this uh, to you, dear listener. Obviously, as as we go on. Um, Speaking of VOD, Onwards is the latest movie to be released uh, for home streaming early, uh, finding its way to Disney Plus uh, whilst it would still be usually within its cinema run, um, following the the line of Frozen 2. Um, And in Disney Plus news, uh, Disney Plus has launched today in the UK, uh, albeit potentially at a lower streaming quality because of um, uh, everyone in lockdown. Uh, Disney Plus has already achieved over 26.5 million subscribers um, before going live in Europe and is uh, looking on its business plan to reach between 60 and 90 million subscribers by 2024. B, last week you were very worried. Did you manage to download the app? Did you find it? Are you able to watch it on one of your devices, (laughs) any of your devices? I'm happy. I'm happy to report. Yes, it was available just after midnight, and I now have it on my phone, my iPad, uh, my PlayStation. I'm waiting for it to download onto Virgin. Um, on your fridge, you know, on the uh, microwave. And then I'm set. <laughs> so now you've got it on 26 devices. Um, <laughs> are you finding anything to watch? Oh, wow. Uh, yes, there's plenty to watch. Um Super, super stuff. There's a whole catalogue of everything there. I, I am, you know, there, there's stuff there that I've even forgotten about, which I'm so excited to kind of go and rediscover. Um, it, it is superb, I must say. I wasn't expecting it to be like this, and it's. I think it's worth the hype. I uh, I, I completely agree. I, one of the things that jumped up very early in my recommendations, um, as I'm sure it did with everyone's, was um, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, mm-hmm. um, which holds hugely nostalgic um, memories for me of, of summer holidays and, and watching that. Um, so I, I have already watched uh, a, a couple of episodes of Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, 
knowing that remembering that it looked dated to me um when i was watching it as a kid so watching it you know however many decades on um uh but still holds a charm for me t how are you finding uh disney plus we watched uh toy story this morning i've been excited all day to sit down and watch mando um but then i had this bloody podcast to do with these two blokes so i don't oh. want to <laughs> i feel honored <laughs> Whack it on now. We'll do a watch along with Mandacast. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm well up for it. My wife's in the other room just waiting for this to end so we can watch Mando. <laughs> Kicking in the reason for divorce in 2020. <laughs> uh, no, so it looks great. I, I mean, one thing is that, you know, the, um, the app, it, it, it sounds like it shouldn't matter so much, but actually it's really user-friendly and easy to use and yeah. it makes sense, you know. Like, the BBC iPlayer app is such a pain that I just almost never use it, uh, despite wanting to watch shows on there. Um, this, yeah. is, this is brilliant. Um, you know, it's got stuff you need. It's got, it's got all the different profiles. Seven different profiles. How good is that? Um, yeah, let, let's bring it on. I, I say let's do some live watches. Let live watches. Let's have, you know, weekly reactions to Mando as they come out. It, it'll be good for us. Absolutely. Yeah, one of the things, I don't know if you guys have found the uh, Marvel Through the Ages. Yep. That looks amazing. You know, just scrolling back brings back so many memories. Scroll through all across that. So looking forward to this. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things on that that jumped out at me that I've I've missed out on. So Runaways, I've watched one or two episodes, but haven't gone back to. Um, I forgot about that. Uh, you know, there's there's Inhumans that I'm I, I'm sure I will find my way to at some point. Um, uh, <laughs> Star Wars Clone Wars that I was talking about previously. Um, Rebels. Wait, did you ever watch Rebels? I, I, Star Wars I Rebels. Came into Rebels. I, I was sporadic in Rebels and then kind of watched some of the last stuff. Um, but want to go mm. back and watch that, especially with uh, some of the, the the casting news for Mandalorian season two that we won't go into today. Um, but there's a good kind of through line there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, there is just there is just so much, so much stuff. Um, so I'm 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 looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting involved. And and it is one of those kind of I've already watched episode one of the Mandalorian again um, because because um, yeah. <laughs> Because, 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 mm-hmm. um, uh, and we will wait till we've all watched it before we we start talking about it. Two episodes were download were were free to, were available to watch on launch, and then they're going to be dropping every Tuesday, I think, going forward. Or is it I Friday? Right. I thought it was Tuesday. We will check that because we might be we might be an episode behind if we. Uh, don't time it quite right so we'll work out how we're going to do that but um uh yeah i mean there's some really really good stuff going through uh an episode behind bearing in mind that the rest of the world has already seen it but there we go (laughs) so disney plus yes it's definitely uh it's living up to the hype for me one of the things that's full of hype at the moment and is interesting is um the new warriors reboot so i shared this video with um yourselves tmb uh, talking about the the reboot of the New Warriors uh, comic. Um, the video is going to be available on our uh, Twitter feed at Geeked in Pod um, uh, when we uh, when by the time you're listening to this. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so I mean, the New Warriors first appeared in the Mighty Four Four One One in December 1989 as a cameo, made their full full appearance in Mighty Four Four Hundred and Twelve. Uh, so have been a team that's been with us since the 1990s. Uh, their first run, uh, Volume One, with uh, the team of Firestar, Marvel Boy, Namorita, Nova, Speedball, and Night Thrasher, uh, ran for about 75 issues um, from 1990 to 1996. It's been brought back a few times since then. Uh, so it had a run from October 99 to July 2000, August 2005 to February 2006, August 2007 to March 2009, February 2014 to January 2015. Uh, and it gets launched again in April. Uh, this team um, has been put together uh, by um, uh, the, the new creative team and involves uh, five superheroes being mentored by the original 90s New Warriors. Um, and they include Screen Time, um, the Psychic Twins, Snowflake and Safe Space, Be Negative, and finally the leader of the team, uh, Trailblazer whose powers are that she has a magic backpack, which is actually a pocket dimension with seemingly infinite space from which she can pull out useful or random objects, although that's not always under her control. Um, it is currently, as of three hours ago, it was this video launch video on YouTube had 3,400 upvotes and 194,000 downvotes. <laughs> Um, T, you've seen this. Tell me, what are your first impressions of the new, new, new warriors? <laughs> you sent me the video. Um, it's the first I'd heard of it, so I hadn't been aware of any anything around this stuff. And actually, the first I think I'd heard of the new warriors. Are this the team that kicked off civil war in the comic? They are. Yes, they oh, are. Okay. So that's as much as I know. So a little bit of history there. This was the team that um, went up against. Uh, they were they were part of a reality TV show in the store in the comic. Um, they were because that's how they were being funded. They went up against a team that they were turned out to be outmatched against. Um, and one of the, the the villains that they were chasing down called Nitro um, detonated uh, whilst they were trying to capture him, um, and that was that killed the uh, the. the the innocent people and therefore led to the civil war protocols. So, so that's my knowledge of, of new warriors. It was kind of what the first four pages of civil war. They're basically, you know, a bunch of arrogant, horrible people um, who uh, started off the civil war, started off some great comics, but you know, that's all I knew of them uh, until I got your video and your, your message was the link to the video. And then after, and I watched the video and then after that, I saw your next message do this straight away which is look at the number of downvotes. So watching the video, it, um, I mean, you know, I think it's, it's worth pointing out we're sort of three middle-aged men, three middle-aged straight men, yep. cis straight men having this conversation. Yep. Um, so I'm watching the video thinking, right, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's diverse. That's fantastic. Is it a bit pandering? I don't know. But then representation is complicated. It's difficult. It takes time and we get it wrong quite a lot. And actually, sometimes those missteps are important to start 
uh, to start uh, actually just introducing that representation uh, as we kind of figure it out. And then I'm thinking I'm a middle-aged cis man. I'm not really in the position to say, is it pandering or actually is it just really good representation? Um, and then I saw your next message to say, look at the downvotes. And I just thought, oh my flippin' God, this is ridiculous. It just made me think of, you know, all the bloody Facebook campaigns to bring down Black Panther, all the kind of <laughs> the, the, the ridiculous hate that uh, Brie Larson got for being Captain Marvel. Yep. You know, just, just the concept of, a superhero not being kind of, you know, that again, that silver age character, that kind of straight white middle, or not a straight white young man. Um, uh, and the internet just freaking out about it. Um, and, and, and the way my mind works is I'm like, yeah, I am full on new warriors. I support this. I'll buy every issue 50 times just to kind of. <laughs> 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 uh, without having read any of the comics or, or, or knowing very much else about it. I guess all I can say is I'm glad that we are now uh, being even more inclusive. I'm also glad the powers are a bit different and a bit weird. You know, we're sick and tired of the same old, you know, here's a couple of Superman's powers, here's a slightly altered origin, uh, or, you know, it's Marvel Comics, so here, actually, they're just some kind of mutant. It, you know, it'll lead to some interesting creative decisions as to how they're going to solve problems, what these powers all mean. Um, I, yeah, New Warriors, I guess, their legacy, what, I'm, what I was kind of hoping is they don't end up being you know, sons, daughters, cousins, clones of the Avengers. Um, it's actually a chance to get new, interesting kind of characters and storytelling. And I hope Marvel's really brave about it. I hope they kind of stick it out. Um, you know, the, the, the Miss Marvel comics um, are just fantastic. Oh, aren't they? They're brilliant. I love so them. good. And it, was, it wasn't easy for, for Marvel to publish those. And, you know, they had to kind of no. pop their own. Uh, and get those out, and they've been amazing. Uh, Miles Morales, uh, yeah. Again, how controversial was he with the fandom? But then you, every mm. winner, how much money has Spider Verse made? Yeah, huge bucket loads. So I think it needs to be done right. Uh, I'm hoping this is being done right. I'm also very aware, uh, you know, of of where I am and the kind of the, the sort of system of privilege that I have to to not necessarily know is if, if this is right, if this is pandering, but I'm just really glad they're making some kind of efforts to look at look at more diverse, uh, more diverse heroes, more diverse storytelling, more diverse powers, more diverse ways of problem solving. That stuff is interesting to me. I'm really up for this. Uh, it's interesting because the, um, the, the, the internet comments on this are um, not overly positive, um, it's fair to say. Um, putting it, putting it mildly, but are across the political spectrum. So there's there's left and right views as to why this is not great, or, or fears about this is probably is is probably more of a, a, a an accurate term. Um, and part of that is you know from the left side is 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 about um, uh, some of the language and also whether this is tokenism rather than diversity mm -hmm. um and it is it's a really difficult thing to balance through mm -hmm. um uh it's you know the the language used on this is very strange um so in describing um snowflake and safe space um the the writer of the book uh uh who I want to say is Dan Kibblesmith? 
I will, I will check that as I go and correct myself if I'm wrong, um, suggests that they are hyper aware of modern culture and optics and they see their superheroics as a post-ironic mediation in, on using violence to combat bullying. Um, I mean, I think I understood about six words in that sentence. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the thing. I think there's a fear that it's a little bit too snarky. It's too much of a nod to itself. It's too much of a pat on its own back on things. So I'm all for um, representation in comic, book, comic books. Um, the fact that I know Snowflake is bi non-binary before I know anything about them is, is for me a little bit of a weird kind of, you know, is, is that now a character trait rather mm -hmm. than part of their identity? Um, so it's, it's, mm -hmm. it, I think that's kind of some of my fear. And then we're down to, so my, 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 my big thing on this is being negative, who is a teen living vampire who they assume was exposed to Michael Mo Mobius's blood as a child in a rogue but life-saving medical procedure. Um, so they've basically just rebooted Morbius. I mean, the, B, how are you feeling the there, isn't it? That's the, that's the twist potentially. Yeah, but, yeah. B. Well, what's your thinking on 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 this? I think the powers are pretty cool. I think it's it is fresh. I'm not sure about some of the names. I mean, would you really want to name someone Snowflake, which, you know, in, in early years was used as a derogatory term towards some people? Um, yeah. So, I, I, I mean, on that, you know, the idea is that these terms get, and this is straight from the, the, the release, the idea of this, of this yeah. is the idea that these terms are, get thrown around on the internet and they don't see as derogatory. They take those words and kind of wear them as a badge of honor, um, which mm. is empowering in a way. But for me, I guess my big fear on it is it's either cutting edge or dating this book drastically. Mm. And I don't know which one, and, and time will tell. It's either embracing um, the world that we currently live in, or it's going to be seen as a very bad uh, mimicry of the mm. world that we are currently living in. Just to go back to uh, your point earlier, Jay, so around um, being non-binary as a character trait or, or d defining the character, just reminded me of an old, um, it was, I think it was a Jeff Johns JSA, no, Justice Society comic, so when he sort of rebooted it, rebooted it I think it was New 52, where black, they had a crossover with the Justice League, and Black Lightning uh, and Supergirl met. God, this is a deep cut, isn't it? Supergirl and Black Lightning met, I think, for the first time. It was Supergirl from Earth Two, so Power Girl. And she said, "Oh, why is your name Black Lightning? It's a bit on the nose. Why is that the biggest thing?" Um, and he sort of made this point about back when I started being a hero, it was important that people knew what they were dealing with, who they were dealing with, before they even met me, just from my name. It, you know, it was a defining characteristic. Now, of course, that's not true. And, you know, in terms of when the character was created and how it was initially written and all of that, all of that stuff. But that kind of, you know, that was sort of justification of it, I thought was really powerful, you know. And I, and I wonder if being a non-binary hero in this Marvel universe, actually part of what they'll have to do is, is to, you know, set that up straight away. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to tell, isn't it? I mean, is it that you you need that known because that's going to create that safe haven for people to connect to and want to find out about or would you want that to naturally evolve as part of the character as you go through but at some point you know is it subtle or do you state it and if it's subtle it's potentially mis or misinterpreted and if you state it then wherever you state it it's going to be you know considered retconning for 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 popularity and for Mm -hmm. red Mm -hmm. um but it is, it's difficult. It's, it, it, I, I think, I think it's to your point, T, about, you know, they're steering so hard into it that it's hard to tell whether this is um, representation and that's good or whether this feels as if this is a middle-aged white cis guy trying to... Um, and I have assumed his, his gender of various things in that, um, trying to kind of put himself in this position. I mean, ultimately what they need is a, is a diverse writing staff. You know, that, that's how you make sure you don't end up with more poos on The Simpsons, right? Yeah. <laughs> but can I just say, th- these books haven't been written. They're, they're not out yet. Um, they? So they are written, they, they, they're, they're in press, and this one is released on the 15th of April. Right. So, you know, perhaps we should give it a try. We should find out what it's about before we make final judgment. Because I remember us having the same conversation about Infinity War. Is it right to have so many, you know, superheroes in one page, you know, taking up room, et cetera, et cetera. And we debated about that. And look, look where <laughs> that ended up. What I think is quite interesting here is that it's because it's it's a Marvel comic and a Mar- and, and you know it's a what well, what these are guys C D E level heroes. I'd never heard of the New Warriors and, and you know we're having conversations referencing comics from 1939 here. Um, uh, you know if this was an independent comic, uh, which are very diverse, you know, in, in who's writing them, in their stories, in their characters, it kind of would have ignored. This is putting them into the actual Marvel world. What I would be more excited by, I think, is not just to have a team as the diverse team, you know, but actually have these characters uh, featured in in stories uh, with bigger bigger characters, um, you know, bigger teams, and then and then launch into their own characters in that sense, as opposed to kind of growing from this corner. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, it, uh, in, the new warriors were in essence kind of Avengers Junior um, when they were first launched. Um, and, and kind of grew from that. And, and Night Thrasher at the time was was quite a, a controversial character because, in his in his setup, in his backstory, in all of that element, he in essence is a black Batman. Um, mm. So you know, kids murdered in front of him when he uh, father parents murdered in front of him when he was young. You know forces his way, inherits a lot of money, trains himself to be this weapon, goes out to, to search to make sure that no one has to go through this again, takes his war on crime through his own personal fortune and creation and, and you know, his brilliant whatever. So a lot of that, and, and that got a lot of, of pushback at the time. Um, uh, so it will, be, it will be interesting to see how this ages um, mm. and whether this does become something 
that gets absorbed into the wider Marvel universe, such as Miles Morales, such as Kamala Khan, or whether this is something that, that kind of has its own space and kind of dies down. Mm. There is, a, there is a, a, a push at the moment. It's part of uh, one of their storylines that this kind of junior superhero element is coming through quite strongly. Um, uh, the uh, X-Men are getting sidekicks, in essence, uh, in one of the other stories. Um, uh, I'll send you that video separately. Um, so they are they are trying to create, and it is that point of, you know, you've got people who have grown up with Spider-Man. Spider-Man is no longer a 16-year-old kid. Therefore, he's not kind of uh, resonating in the same way as some of the others. So it's kind of that whole kind of, if you were trying to introduce new children to this, new, new teenagers to this, new young adults to this, um, how do you find that, that jumping on point for them? Because if the jumping on point is you've got to go and read, you know, comics from 20 years before you were born to understand what this character is going through and understand the motivation of this character, then you're never going to get people to kind of generate through. And also in a world where we're now looking at comics being the IP for the next TV show, the next film, all the rest of it, how do you start bringing that through? And you, to have greater uh, representation on TV and on film, you've either got to retcon 80 years worth of history, or you've got to introduce a character that has those, those characteristics and traits that you want to proudly progress and, and show so it is a difficult one to kind of balance through i think but it's um it, it, it's I, it's not the first reboot of the the um new warriors and i doubt it'll be the last and speaking of reboots and we were talking about it a little bit at the beginning um justice league mortal was uh, a, a retelling of justice league stories but got cancelled uh, so we were going to have a, a little bit of a round conversation about other superhero or, or uh, films that uh, we wished to see that either haven't been made yet or were due to be made and have been uh, pushed into cancellation or uh, production purgatory whilst we wait for the next big boom. So, uh, B, what can you think of, of a film that you would have loved to see that for whatever reason hasn't yet generated? Right, so there's obviously lots of hype about Batman at the moment and obviously Rob Pat playing uh, Mr. Bruce Wayne. Spoilers if you don't know that, but I would have <laughs> loved, loved, loved... Spoilers? Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I've heard a rumour uh, and I don't know if this is going it to be is, anything yeah. concrete and I don't want this to be a story point. I heard he might also be playing Batman. <laughs> really? Wow, okay. Uh, <laughs> but I would have loved to have seen uh, Batman Beyond. Oh, yeah. Ah, yes. Um, yeah. Terry McGuinness. As, as, as a kid, I used to, absolutely, I would have loved to, you know, the cartoons were amazing. And I love, you know, Batman, sci-fi combination. I mean. And Michael Keaton is the perfect age now to play old Bruce Wayne. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Um there was, there was, uh, I think Warner Brothers were developing something, but I think it got shelved. Um, this is a few years yeah. back, um, but you know, I would have loved to have seen that 
um, it would have been something different. And I think a nice twist on Batman, which hasn't been done yet. And um, off the top yeah. of your head, who would you cast as Terry McGuinness? Oh, I don't know. That 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 needs thinking. Uh, yeah, I'm, now I have to give the ass some thought. I don't think it's age appropriate. Um, and it's a cop-out because uh, I, I love him and ca- I would cast him in as many things as I possibly could. But Michael B. Jordan's the first one that jumped out at me. Oh, my God, yes. Mm. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I think there's so many good people that could play it. Um, but as, as a character, it's got so many levels and so many ways. It could Did go. you guys I mean, ever see that episode of Justice League Unlimited where they concluded the Batman Beyond storyline? I think I've seen clips of it on YouTube. I can't remember if I've seen the whole episode. So it's a bit of an aside. It's a really strange one. So I mean, it's called Epilogue, and it's the Batman Beyond world set, I think, five or ten years later. Um, and for the most part, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic conclusion to that story. There is one really weird thing it does that is really upsetting, uh, and it ruins a lot of what I think makes Batman Beyond so special. And it's just when you mentioned Michael B. Jordan, um, yeah, it, it's an issue. So, so a bit of spoiler, but I'll, I'll just say it anyway. Um, um, it turns out Terry McGuinness is some kind of bizarre clone of Bruce Wayne. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I've seen something about this. Yeah. So Amanda Waller is trying to create the next Batman. Uh, and then essentially she um, creates a situation where, you know, Terry's father gets taken away, just like Bruce's parents, uh, gets killed, I think. Uh, and uh, and uh, is actually a biological clone of Batman as well. And I remember watching that going, no, that's not the point of this show. You're just I, think, I think they pick that up in the Batman Beyond digital series. Oh. Uh, and, and play through that kind of, you know, him, him coming to the, the, the realisation that uh, Bruce Wayne is, is sort of his father. Mm. Um. But yeah, uh, well, and this is the thing. There's, there's, there's a whole lot of things about whether you can leave stories well alone, well enough alone, without having it to tie into, um, into the, you know, uh, it's the, it's the Star Wars story of does every yeah. Jedi have to be a Skywalker yeah. for us to care about it? Yeah. I was just thinking that. Yeah, surely, surely they could just be someone else. And and one of the one of the the greatest things that the Last Jedi did that. Um, seemed to be slightly undone by the rise of Skywalker was the, the very end Let's scene mm-hmm. where the kid um, uh, just, just with his force power, just pulls the, the uh, broom to him yeah. just to show that, you know, this, the, the balance of the force is coming through again. And yeah. there are a bunch of people who, who potentially have force powers. If only you could find them, if only you could train them, if only you could make sure they don't turn to the dark side. Um, but no, it turns out there's two families <laughs> who may be the same family if you believe the midichlorians he made Anakin story. That was Palpatine's master, wasn't it? That would have no, was it Palpatine? Like, oh, because he killed his master. Allegedly, yeah. allegedly. Okay. Well, it depends on yeah. they, they've they've allegedly. kind of left it to interpretation and quite right. right too, because they don't want to answer that question. Um, 
but they've they've suggested in the comics that it's, it's it was um, uh, Palpatine learning from Sidious and therefore uh, learning from um, uh, Plagueis, um, and therefore knowing how to uh, get to the midichlorians to um, form life of their own. Anyway, T, what were... (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is full of spoilers. But apart from that... (laughs) Despite my sort of excitement about Justice League uh, Mortal, I mean, generally my view for this stuff is if it didn't get made, it probably wasn't going to be very good. Uh, But there's one that always sort of stuck out at me. And this was um, Goya's Green Arrow Escape from Supermax. Ah, so, yes, yes, yes. So you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily the the, the hugest Goya fan, but you know, he, I mean, he did Dark Knight. Sorry, not Dark Knight. It was uh, Batman Begins with Nolan. Of course, he did um, the Blade trilogy uh, for a while. He was the comic book to film guy. Yeah. Um, you know, the the only person to go to for any of this stuff. And he had this idea of right. Essentially, it's just going to be Green Arrow in a Supermax prison fighting his way out. Um, and I just love everything about that. Yeah, I mean, the Green Arrow show isn't my arrow. My arrow is the sort of, you know, the bleeding heart liberal arrow. That's the, the comics arrow. And, and that's what this seemed like. And then he's in the prison and he's working his way out. I don't even think there was a plan to give him a costume. I think the plan was he was just going to literally, you know, figure it out as he goes. Um, and uh, uh, this was, again, before we had the kind of bright characters on screen so often. So it did seem the kind of thing we'd get, you know, this kind of deconstructed superhero film. Mm. Um, it sounded epic, really wish it happened. Uh, and if it meant sacrificing the Arrow show, although not the Arrowverse, I'd be up for it. I mean, it was an interesting one because it was um, uh, him fighting through various supervillains who were in Supermax as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um which, which would have been a really interesting kind of uh, way of introducing them in a, in a realistic tone. You, can, you could tone down their powers because of whatever you want, collars, nanotech, suppression fields, whatever, um, just that they don't have access to their, 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 their gadgets. Um, so if you wanted to then go super cartoony afterwards, you could always bring them back and kind of empower them with, with the free reign. Um, but that gauntlet, um, a little bit like um, uh, the raid and um, mm-hmm. uh, dread and, and things like that, that kind of you know traps and just having to kind of run through, uh, could have been a really good uh, template. I think. I'm also a huge fan of like submarine films or just films in one spaceship. You know, just to kind of confined space. I love that idea of just being stuck in it. If you guys have ever played the, and I'm sorry, you have the Arkham Asylum game, that was the first one. Yeah. You know, uh, just mm. that idea of you know these these are his four world walls. This is this is the world. Work through it. Very I'm uh, currently replaying um, the Arkham games from Asylum, um, and it's 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 just as much fun. It uh, it doesn't look as good as I remember. Um, mm. It it feels a little bit more clunky than I remember, but every single part of that story is still just as much fun. Um, uh, and, and Mark Hamill still is just insane as the Joker. So uh, really, really good. 
Um, so uh, there's there's a few that jump to mind for me on this. Um, so uh, you know we were talking about DC, and I really would have loved to see what uh, Lord Miller could have done with Flash. Mm. I think that their sensibilities and their humour with that character could have really come into something. Um, I um, referenced it earlier and just to see that, that time, um, you know, linking in with the Burton Batman, uh, a a Nick Cage Superman in Superman Lives, uh, I think would have been really, really interesting. Um, But the one that, that, I, I continue to read about, and I, I, I don't think it's ever going to happen, but I would love to, um, just to see them retell the story, just to see them try and do something different with with the modern setups. Um, I loved the idea of a Jason Momoa crow. <laughs> um, I just wanted to see what they did with that, how they could, you know, how you pay homage to the, the original Brandon Lee one, how you, you, you bring that forward, do you take more from the comic because they they were quite light with what they took from the comic? Um, you know, it's such a, a heartbreaking story, uh, especially if you know the backstory of James Bond when he wrote it. Um, you know, to, to to bring that through and see Jason Momoa kind of bring that through, um, and things like um, Game of Thrones and things like Aquaman um, just kind of show how badass he could be in that role. Um, so yeah, I, I would have, I would have been quite interested to see him kind of be broody and, um, crow-like for a little while, just because I, I think it was, um, possibly something of beauty. <laughs> crow-like. <laughs> it wouldn't be the same, but it'd be crow-like. Pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> the Pigeon. Brooding on a rooftop, coming soon. It's interesting, isn't it? So you think, you know, in the, with these <laughs> kind of questions, do you want them to do the films that were done and done right, or is it pick up the characters that you feel never quite got got there? If it was because of the story or the technology or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and it is. It's that kind of like you know. There's some of it where I think that you know to take a film and give it a the ability to to be done in today's settings today's you know technology could be really interesting um shall we talk about something completely different so whilst we're on the subjects of reboots and and uh, retellings of familiar stories um i stumbled across something that i didn't even know was out yet premiered in america on february the 22nd this year um and has been in development since 2018 um warner brothers animation uh has for cartoon network released um the first few episodes of thundercats raw a new telling of the uh 1985 thundercats story uh rebooted again in uh 2011 um, with with a different take on the mythology of the Thundercats. Uh, this is the third cartoon incarnation of Thundercats Raw. Um, T, for a second, talk about your memories of the Thundercats. Well, grew up with a cartoon, grew up with the sword, grew up believing I was Lion-O for a little while, I think. 
Um, but you know, it, it wasn't a franchise that sort of lasted beyond that. Whereas I kind of grew with Transformers and things being in my face, and, and you know, still in my face. Thundercats sort of faded away. There was that 2011 reboot, um, which was I thought just bloody fantastic, and I was so disappointed to, to learn you weren't going to get a, a second season of that. Um, so I'm really excited. I'm really excited that they're is something else you've got to show us uh, and that we've not seen. And, you know, we're going to all watch together. B, what about you? How do you feel on the Thundercats? Well, yeah, it's a piece of my childhood. I used to come home from school and uh, eagerly watch it. Um, yeah, so Lino, Pan- is it Panthro? Yeah. Panthro. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah Mumra. So I, I have a little confession to make. I have yeah. some kind of phobia of ancient Egypt, right? So, yeah, it's a really weird one. So I, I can't comfortably watch. Even, like, fun films like The Mummy really freak me out. Uh, I've tried things like just going to the British Museum and just standing in front of the sarcophagus just to kind of, you know, immerse myself in it. It still really bothers me. I've always been trying to trace it back to try and figure out why. Why am I so bothered by this one awkward thing? I think it's Mumra. <laughs> what else could it be? I think Mumra was just too scary for little t- for little teeth. Um, so I love how to get over this fear, you've gone and stood in front of tombs. Um, that feels that feels kind of it's yeah, facing fear. It's it not something that affects um, you in your day to day life. Randomly, something happened. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared. Yeah. Scared of ancient Egypt. It, I mean, if this if this was a film, you'd think that was a plot point that <laughs> would pay off later. Right there. Like, <sighs> <laughs> there's, there's Why did it have to be mice? Uh, <laughs> so just to say, if I freak out during this um, viewing and just but, go uh, silent, I'm fine, guys. I'll get over it. <laughs> I will bring you back. I will bring you back. I will. I will, I will talk you back in to um, a proper safe space and not a Marvel hero. Um, So what we have here is a compilation of the first two episodes, uh, a retelling of Exodus, which was the first story of Star Wars, of uh, Thundercats, as well as in the Bible. Um, uh, And we uh, have a YouTube clip that uh, Warriors Path 123 has cut together, which we found, which is brilliant. Um, So we are going to watch this. Um, I've seen this before. I know what's coming. Uh, T and B have yet to see this. So this is going to be their their live to tape reaction of this. Uh, We will put the link up on our Twitter at GeekingInPod. So you can watch along as well. Yep. Uh, So we all have it lined up. Yep. We all have it ready to go. Yep. Now we've tested this in theory. We should be able to hear a little bit of T's audio from this. Uh, we should only hear it once, though, so it won't be too bad. Uh, it's not meant for you to listen along to, but it'll give you an idea of what we're reacting to when you watch the video at home. You'll be able to get the, the, the sound cues of what we're seeing and what uh, B and T are reacting to. So we are at zero, zero, zero. It's a six minute and 26 video. This is either <laughs> going to be brilliant or the worst idea I've ever had. Count us down. <laughs> yep. If you were to already, in three... In two, yeah. in one, play. What the hell? <laughs> 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 
not as scared of this mom row be honest oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> Are you wow, watching that's me? a big sword. That's not a euphemism. <laughs> You're in the wrong browser. What what is this animation style reminding me of? It's it's So if I tell you that there is a crossover later on oh, with yeah. Teen Titans Go. I feel like it's very specific to a different oh, show. I just okay. can't place it. Yeah. And not not necessarily Teen Titans, but I don't know. But yeah, yeah you know, it's not it's not my Thundercats, but I really like it. So far. It looks fun. <laughs> Snarf. Oh yeah. Yes, Chitara is the coolest Thundercat. <laughs> Yeah, there there is definitely. A I think I quite revered the Thundercats. Uh, Jaga is like a holy figure in my work life, so it's quite bizarre seeing this take on it. So this is the bit that interested me because for me, Lionel was very, very serious and the weight of leadership on him. And he was wise, even though he was a kid who grew up accidentally whilst everyone else was kind of frozen. So this take on Lionel is, is interesting. <laughs> oh, Lionel, you tease. We almost had the moment. So you've just met Panthro. Right, Panthro looks like he's going to build the thunder tank yeah. out of junk. Oh. Oh, it's the Burbles. I mean, what this is making me really want to do is stop this video and go rewatch Thundercats. <laughs> you are watching Thundercats. This is the same story. Disney Plus. Kind of. No, it's a Hasbro thing, isn't it? Oh, that's what I need. I need the Hasbro channel. Yeah, no, it's not on Disney Plus. Transformers, Thundercats. I mean, they have swallowed up the licenses for pretty much every other toy Mask. brand as well. So it will be literally everything. I mean, did they make and, Marvel um, Legends? Yeah, Power Mighty Morphin Power Rangers as well. They do. Do. Right, here come the baddies. Ooh, giant hand. Jaga. There you go. <laughs> We're still alive. That is a brilliant moment. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> That's where the helicopter and the A-team crashes. Ooh, a pyramid. You know, I think this is going to be quite good for conquering my phobia. <laughs> Easing me into it. <laughs> it's going to be quite therapeutic, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm really liking all the little moments. Oh, that's cool. 
but <laughs> well, it's certainly interesting. It's also something. Well, no. So, I so kind of missed the old one. Though. Eldest is four, oh. and I feel like I could watch this with her, and that's quite exciting. Well, I mean, see, a lot of our well, stuff, which, which I want it? to watch with, with my kids, I kind of can't. And I reflect on some of I mean, partially because they're too young. And partially it's just all kind of war propaganda. You know, I've got all these Transformers everywhere, and they're just like tanks and things. And, you know, um, I'm not keen on them to kind of watch the same things I did, really. But this just looks fun. It, it's definitely designed to be far more accessible than I think the other ones were. You know what they've done, which I just love? It, it, it's the same stuff, right? If they've got the same <laughs> outfits, the same weapons. You know, it's clearly made by fans of the show. It isn't just we've taken the name and we're going to do something cool and edgy with it. This is... <laughs> the Burbles and Monra is brilliant. The music. <laughs> All right, the epic battle. <laughs> oh, there's that big sword again. Okay, I find this Momra still creepy. <laughs> So when he's in his ultimate evil form, you're okay. When he's in his decayed That's right. form. So, oh God, the music, Wonderful. all of this stuff is fantastic. <laughs> that brings us oh, to the end fantastic. of good. our video. So, first impressions of Thundercats Raw. How can I Tell watch it? Because thinking. I'll be watching it tomorrow morning. <laughs> More importantly, how can I watch the old Thundercats? Is that on YouTube? Can I find it anywhere? I'm I'm sure it probably is if you look hard enough. Yeah, the I'm old Thundercats. I wonder well. how well it's aged. You're not you're yeah. not tempted to jump into Thundercats Raw? Uh, it's something I probably want to watch with my niece and nephew. Um, they're they're heavily into Teen Titans and. I think they'll be. This will be right up the street. Um, but for me, Thundercats, the original Thundercats, ah, oh, you can't beat that. You cannot beat that. This just seems like and, a lie. I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, I, I, um, so I found this because um, YouTube algorithms. After I saw the new Warriors thing, obviously thought I wanted things that people found enraging. Um, and and this was this was the next on the list of um you know can you believe they've done that my god um and i watched it and the first time i saw it the the animation style i found quite abrasive um in the first viewing um the the the, the silliness um took me by surprise a little bit um but as the as 
this clip went on, I, I became more and more of a fan of it. And as, um, uh, as rewatching it, preparing for this, I, I've got to say that there's a, there's, there's a, a, a humor to it that I get because I know the, the source material it's referencing. So as a retelling, but also as a, as a spoof and a parody, um, I think it kind of works. That's the important bit, right? You've got to have the things in for the, for the older fans and the, the, and the right hints and nods. And, and it clearly does. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's clearly made by fans of the old show. Um, but as you were saying about the old show, I'm just, I'm just wondering how, how well it's aged. I've, I've rewatched uh, the old Transformers a few times, and there are some episodes which are a real slog to get through. Um, I mean, that, yeah. that, it was only a couple of seasons, wasn't it? I don't know how long. I can't and, remember and, how long it was for. Uh, around okay. from 1985 to 1989. When, when was the movie in that? So there's. Mm. Uh, so the the first episode was. That was a movie, yes, wasn't it? Because the, I'm that thinking was, of when uh, Bengali, uh, Pumera, those guys joined. Yeah, uh, let me see if lucky if my favourite Wikipedia will tell me anything about it. But yeah, so I, I think sometimes some of those things that are better in your memory um, than necessarily being rewatched, and it's nice to have a new accessible take on on, on this stuff. B, have you watched while well, James is looking this up? Have you watched the uh, 2011 reboot? Yeah. Give it a shot. No, <laughs> I didn't even know it existed. Very, Which, very different on, take. Shame on um, But it uh, takes it seriously. Um, and it's, again, it's quite fun. And, and I suppose you'll go in knowing that you've only got the one season. So, you know, you won't be waiting for season two of Firefly for that long. <laughs> we've got mm. to almost the end of episode two before we've brought up our <laughs> lament for Firefly only having one season. Um but it is. It's, it, I, I quite liked the, the 2011 remake. Um, it was a, a bit of a jarring redesign at the beginning, but um, uh, absolutely, I thought it was uh, uh, definitely worth uh, a watch. Well, you know what reminded me of that recently was the Voltron remake on Netflix. Sort of a yep, similar theme to what I thought the, uh, the old one was. Uh, sorry, a similar theme to the Thundercats remake. Big fan of the Voltron remake. I cannot find. I mean, it's entirely possible though that didn't exist, and that's something I've made up in my head. It's been such a long time. These are fan-made characters. I'm asking you to search for on Wikipedia. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, the characters are real. I know that. I, I can picture them and everything. Um. Oh. So Thundercats Ho, 1986 TV movie, first major shake-up status quo with the series introducing three new Thunderans who Lionel later announced as Thundercats. They weren't invited to live in the cat's lair, though, were they? It was, I remember being really upset about it. Like, you're Thundercats too. Bye. <laughs> the toys must not have sold as well. And the new team of Thundercats from Thundercats Ho receiving their own headquarters and vehicles. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can join the team, but it doesn't mean you can live it. 
I mean, you know, you 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 build the the um, the lair. The cat's lair. Was it the lair? What was it called? Yeah, you know, you, you've got a finite <laughs> amount of people that you know you're yeah. building it for. You've built that many rooms. It's not designed for extensions. I mean, you can't just put a flat roof on it and you know keep going. <sighs> I mean, if you think. Probably Do you want them to live in the, yeah, the, the garage? The Thunder Tank was one whole arm of the cat's lair. That was the garage. Presumably the other arm was a, was, a, was another garage. So yeah, there couldn't have been that many rooms. Yep. They had a whole room for the sword. That was a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, well, I tell you what. Size of swords again. Tell you we? what, Pumara, you show me that you've got sight beyond sight, and then you can have the room. Until then, <laughs> Thundercats, no. <laughs> Dear, right. So, Thundercats Ho is uh, Thundercats Raw is uh, on Netflix. Oh, sorry, on Cartoon Network currently in America, and we will wait to see it come across. The, the pond in the meantime search it out on the internet uh it was you can find clips and uh bits on youtube it is definitely definitely worth uh, a watch just so you can see and either adore or put your head in your hands it will be one or the other i don't think anyone's going to have a meh opinion on it so we will close this as we close every single week with recommendations of things for you to do, things for you to seek out, um, uh, and uh, things that you may have missed from uh, time gone by. Um, T, uh, do you want to start just thinking off? about the world we're in and feeling a little bit down since yesterday's sort of announcement of, of the official lockdown of the UK? Um, and I start to think about um, the future being a little bleak. And I would recommend... <laughs> that's not my favorite. Um, Paper, Girl. Paper Girl is a comic uh, it's a, uh, by Brian K. Vaughan. Brian K. Vaughan, of course, who, uh, who did Saga, who did Runaways, who did uh, Why the Last Man. Um, was Paper Girls is complete. Mm. The whole thing is done. Um, so it, it, it's it's four girls, I think, in the eighties. Four actual paper girls delivering newspapers who go through this mad adventure of time travel uh, all over the place. Um, it's got it's got a bit of a uh, Stranger Things feel to it, as you sort of see their relationships develop as well. Um, I mean, I don't want to sort of say too much. What I will say is, um, it's it, each each book has its own theme. So each sort of six issues that make up each trade has its own theme and you can kind of read each one and put it to bed. Um, but the overall story is really powerful. It's deep. It stays with you. Uh, you will probably do a reread as soon as you finish the final book, uh, just because it is that impactful. Uh, so Paper Girls, the story of four 12-year-old newspaper delivery girls um, just flying through time in the middle of an invasion between time and space and future and past. Um, I think it's fantastic. Pick it up. Very, very cool. Um, definitely worth a check out then. Uh, B, what you got for us? Well, <clears throat> if I read this description out and see if you can guess what, <laughs> what it is. In the Marvel Comics universe, mutants, people with genetically empowered superpowers are persecuted by hateful and fearful populace 
One shelter <laughs> from this is Professor Xavier's Academy for Gifted Children. There's actually five seasons of the If we are not counting The Rise of Skywalker, I say we don't Disney count Plus. season five of X-Men. It was a bizarre. <laughs> quality oh, no, was pants. Give what? No, 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 no. no I, 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 I don't remember it being that good. awful. So I'm, um, I'm really interested to go back and rewatch it. Well, there's one thing. It, it's, it's definitely going to take a few days to walk. I mean, this. Uh, at least. At Five least three seasons, seasons of, the, of the Phoenix ah, Saga. So totally. looking forward to being watching this. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Three seasons and 15 films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we know how it ends, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I think that's a, a very strong recommendation as well, available on Disney+. Plus. Um, I'm going to do one that I know is going to get myself uh, uh, chastised by people. But I do think it's definitely worth a watch for all of the wrong reasons. Maybe it is the best B movie you've ever seen. Crow Wicked Prayer, the fourth Crow film, the third sequel of the Crow films um, and is the most batshit crazy and therefore the most watchable. Edward Furlong is Jimmy Cuervo, who is um, imbued with the, the Crow's spirit. Uh, to take revenge against uh, David mm. Boreanaz, uh, Angel himself, who is uh, Luke Crash or Death or Satan, depending on which part of the film you come into. His girlfriend, Tara Reid, and his band of um, uh, bikers who are his uh, uh, horsemen of the apocalypse, including Tito Ortiz, the MMA fighter's famine. Uh, Danny Trejo is uh, the father of uh, the... The tribe and, and of uh, Lily, who's um, Edward Furlong's daughter, uh, girlfriend who gets killed. Um, and the big bad is revealed to be Dennis Hopper. <laughs> it is the most random selection of people turning up you will ever believe in your life. It at points plays as uh, an homage to the first film. At points, it feels as if it's a spoof of the first film. Um, it is incredible. And it is definitely, definitely so, worth it. So tell me a little bit about the films as they progress. Is each sequel an actual sequel to the previous film or is it kind of ignore the last one? This is just number two again. Is this Terminator 3 for the 15th time? The So the second film is linked okay. to the first film. So the little girl in the first film mm. grows up moves to Los Angeles, which is a complete yeah. nightmare. Um, so when she sees a guy come back from the dead, she knows that from her experience with Eric Draven and the original, which is why he, she paints his face in the crow outfit, in the crow garb, in the crow mask. Yeah. Because in the first film, it's, it's a paint of a mm. Harlequin mask that they have on... Uh, the their bedside cabinet. Um, the third film is um, uh, also pretty watchable, um, and that one is uh, a guy who is wrongly convicted and put to the death penalty um, 
for the murder of his girlfriend when it wasn't him. Um, and in that one, the mask that they put on in the electric chair burns the patterns into his face. So it's the crow again, and that's how he gets the markings, but it's not referenced. Uh, well, no, there's a reference in the sense that one of the bad guys knows about the law of the crow. Um, but that, that's that's referenced separately. And again, on this one, it's referenced about the knowing, but it's, again, a different reason as to why he picks the, exactly the same face paint uh, and goes about this business. But it's this one's more about kind of the Native American belief in, in the crow as a, a symbol. Um, goes through so uh the 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 first sequel has a link after that they become tenuous and tenuous and tenuous when you just mentioned the cast i just started looking up the cast of the previous crow films so crow city of angels had iggy pop had the trang the yellow power ranger yeah who uh passed away fourth sorry the third crow film had kirsten dunst and Eric Stoltz. And Eric Stoltz. Wow. The Crow clearly attracted a lot of talent. I, I mean, it was it was it was quite the franchise <laughs> after the the first one. Um, but it's uh, it's uh, they're all beautiful in their own way. Um, but for me, Wicked Prayer is is something quite magical just in the cast just in the way it's set up just something quite magical about the crow wicked prayer so seek it out and uh give it a watch excellent will do it does feel like the late 90s early 2000s just vomited up on me but it sounds great <laughs> it really is it really really is david Boreanaz and um edward furlong and tara reed in a film together with tito ortiz being the bad guy one of the heavies yeah, it's everything, Excellent. everything you could possibly imagine. And while you are looking things up, look us up. We are everywhere now. We are plugged in and we are going. So um, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening again. Please share this and uh, rate, review, subscribe wherever you are listening to. Uh, it helps us uh, build our, our uh, family as we go. Um, anything you want to engage with us on if there's something you think we should be talking about if you want to share your opinions on any of the topics we've covered today especially New Warriors and Thundercats Raw you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at GeekingInPod or if you want to use uh, your computer to its fullest send us one of those electronic mails to GeekingInPod at gmail.com thank you very much for listening Uh, stay safe out there We hope we entertain you for a little while whilst everything goes to hell in a handcart. Uh, And remember, for a world where you can't geek out, you might as well geek in. (laughs) 